Back to the Ticket Water Cooler on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We are back here on the Ticket Water Cooler on 93.7 The Ticket. Thanks for joining us. It is time for our weekly recruiting update with Brian Munson of Husker Online. And it has been a few weeks since we've been able to reach out to Brian. Uh, so uh, we've got a lot to catch up on here. Hi, right, Brian. Hello, guys. How are you? <laughs> We're doing great, Brian. So who's Nebraska getting? <laughs> you know, I tell you what, I, for all the Nebraska fans out there listening to us right now, I'm sure that they all want to know who the next guy is. It's been, it'll be a month uh, later this weekend since Nebraska received their, they got their last commitment. So, I mean, probably like, oh, before in the past, like we would go on dry spells of, um, you know, well more than a month. But for Matt Rule and his staff, like, Things have certainly, you know, kind of uh, peaked and, and definitely have been downhill since that middle of July. But um, very good question, however, sir, about who <laughs> some of the next names are that, that potentially could be considered Nebraska. So if you want to get into that, let's get into that. Well, they had, I mean, they got like 18 guys or whatever it was in June. Yeah, so. we had a nice run. Well, they had a nice run of like a guy every other day. So yeah. this is this is too long. I don't like it. Which is interesting, too, because you wonder about the class size in totality. Um, you know, how much how much more room do you think they have? Well, you know, I, I listened to some things like that Matt Rule had said during Big Ten media days, and I, I'm not sure that, honestly, that that number really exists anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they have, like, a, a basis for it. I think that they understand, you know, who are the players that, that will not have any more eligibility after that season. I think that they have, you know, some ideas about who may not who may choose not to return. I think they have some ideas of who they would talk to about, you know, uh, Telling them that you know it's it's a better idea for them to go pursue other other places for them to go play football and and I think you can get to a rough number but I mean even when you get to a rough number <clears throat> like take for example where Nebraska sits right now you twenty four exceeds any number that I think we talked about you know leading up to this season and this recruiting class um, I, I wanted to say maybe we were talking high teens maybe you might hit twenty here you are twenty you know twenty percent over that. Um, you still have other players that are out there that are still, you know, being dangled in front of you a little bit. Um, and I think that this kind of cuts into like what, you know, Matt Rule was talking about. I think that, you know, for the, the management of the 85 scholarship limit is really going to be something fascinating to watch over the next coming years, because I think Nebraska fans have <clears throat> oftentimes pointed out that, you know, you have a, a third-year, you know, sophomore, a redshirt sophomore, or a fourth-year redshirt junior that's just been, you know, hasn't participated, has has not been a, a factor much in his in career at Nebraska. I think those days are gone. Yeah. I, I really feel like those days are over with. That the 85 has got to be a, 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 a very active group and participating in the game plan week to week to week. And if you're not, you're you're probably hurt, you know, or you're one of those guys that's going to have a conversation with Coach Rule, you know, or the rest of the coaching staff later on in the season about trying to figure out, you know, what your next steps are. Um, but I, I really feel like that's going to be the biggest change kind of looking forward, guys. And I think that that's where <clears throat> this class, how this class got to 24. I think it's how, you know, the NCAA basically has lifted the restriction of 25 new players per, you know, per calendar year. 
um, that's all gone. I, I think I think the the days of medical retiring, retiring, processing, you know, et cetera, you know, are and, and just management of the eighty five are, are here. It's gonna be really fascinating to watch. But I don't think you're gonna see a lot of great detail about it either. Some guys just kinda casually came off the roster, you know, uh in the in the last couple of weeks if, if people were paying attention to that. So it's 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 certainly going to be something to watch, and, and it's going to be interesting for guys like that to kind of manage that internally. Uh, we've got a few. I got a few questions for you, just kind of catch up because we weren't talking. Uh, Brennan Baker, how how legitimate a shot does Nebraska have? I know they've got him coming in on a visit. Um, you know, I think he's I think he's got a couple of teams in front. I think it's like Oregon and Georgia and. Uh, USC is probably on the outside looking in. I think that they would tell you that they had as good a shot as any, but I, I don't. I never really have felt like that he was much of a really into the Trojans as much. I, look, it's it's a great sign that Nebraska's got him coming back. This is uh, his third visit. He visited for the big junior day in March. He visited again for the spring game. Um, he really likes Matt Rule and his staff. I, I, I think that this is one of the players that I think we can kind of go back and circle. Um, and say, had Matt Rule, you know, been there, or had Nebraska had a, a bit of a better, you know, record the last couple of seasons that was kind of showing that improvement, showing that they were kind of moving towards, the, moving in the right direction, or that you didn't have this kind of change, you know, in the coaching staff to where, you know, how things were going to kind of look on the football field were such a question mark. You know, Brandon Baker might be the guy that you would want to circle, you know, the, the, the biggest and the boldest, you know, three or four times and underline him twice because I, I really feel like he has connected with Nebraska. I feel like he's connected with the staff. He's connected with the area. I think he likes Coach Rayola. Uh, he definitely likes Coach Rule. I, I think he likes how things are run out there. Um, and that's by, you know, him taking a number of visits. And, and I think Nebraska has stood up well to all of them, whether it's to Eugene or to, to you know, to Athens or Tuscaloosa or all the other places that he has visited. Nebraska has stood up well. But I, I think it's a stretch. I think it's absolutely a stretch to, to feel like Nebraska can end up getting him in the class. Um, I just feel like that's a situation there where uh, – NIL and the people that are kind of competing against Nebraska, I think Nebraska has, is very competitive in the NIL space. I think, however, some of the numbers that are kind of being thrown around uh, for Baker are, are, are massive. Mm. And, um, and that's going to be one of those things there where it's like, I think if you took comparisons to like what Michigan and, and Nebraska are doing, Nebraska's, Nebraska's got better compensation or better, better things for, for incoming freshmen than a team like or a school like Michigan does. However, across the board, you know, comparing to Oregon or a Tennessee or somebody else like that, I think Nebraska is still a little ways behind. Um, but I think that some of the some of the numbers are pretty huge for Brandon Baker. It, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to watch. I think it's still going to be interesting to see if he does come in for that visit. Uh, but if if he comes in, it's not going to be too surprising if he has a lot of positive things to say about what's going on in Lincoln again. We're speaking with Brian Munson, Husker Online, and Brian, this one's kind of more of a broad question, not really uh, Nebraska-specific, but have you heard or what have you been hearing from uh, the recruits that Nebraska's been going after about this new conference realignment and the additions of, of Oregon and Washington, and has that you know changed the minds of any of these, these uh, recruits maybe on the West Coast, especially with USC-UCLA coming in also um, in, in 2024, anybody that's uh, – 
kind of looking at those, one of those four schools or all four of those schools and Nebraska, has that changed their minds or, or what are they saying about that? You know, uh, actually on that front, things have been kind of quiet. I think it's been uh, the, 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 disin- the how the Pac-12 has disintegrated uh, uh, has been kind of fascinating and, and un- unrealistic to watch. It's just been, you know, it's now down to the Pac-4 or whatever, you know, and it's uh, it's been one of those things that's like, I think people are still trying to, to get their arms around it. But I, I think in the case of like a, a baker um, who has got some, you know, schools that he is, is, is listening to in USC and Oregon there on the West coast and obviously in Nebraska and the big 10 and how things kind of come together. Um, and I have not had a chance to talk to him about this yet. It would be, it would be a fascinating question to kind of get him on the phone about. I know that a lot of these guys have dropped off the face of the earth just because the opening of their own fall camps. Um, and that's not just guys that are national guys. That's guys that are local regional guys. So um, it's a little difficult to kind of get comment on from some of these guys. But I, I think Nebraska uh, overall <clears throat> has gonna, is going to have a much better reach because if, if – I mean, think about some of the complaints that the Pac-12 fans and schools have had, you know, with their game starting, you know, at, at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock Central. It's very difficult, I think, you know, even for like the voters to be part of that, to really watch those schools intently and figure out how to vote on, on their on their on those games and on those schools, you know, later on in the weekend, how to kind of come up with the polls. But I think I think what this does now is it kind of flattens out the time zones. It kind of allows them for the Big Ten to kind of pull those schools up and say, Look, we're gonna give you a better national picture than what you had before. And, and you're going to be you're going to be in more in the conversation than what you ever were because you were relegated to those really late time zones unless you had those marquee matchups. And now all of a sudden you're going to have some some of those still later matchups that are that are out of conference maybe potentially or maybe like a Nebraska visits you guys and it's going to be a little bit later in the game to kind of fit in more with the time zone locally. But but realistically across that Big Ten it's going to help out and, and I think also like by piping in the Big Ten network. Uh, into that area now, it kind of opens up these things because uh, they never had a need to, to to flip on the Big Ten network. Now all of a sudden, they have to figure out where Northwestern is and where you know uh, where all these other schools are, where the where the which markets, of course, that they're carrying. So, I, I think it's I think it's it, it's going to not necessarily have as big of an impact in the 2024 group because this class is so close to completing. You maybe have, you know, one, maybe the, the couple of the Polynesian players there in Utah that might be visiting later on, uh, or a, a Davu Tuataga, the defensive end, you know, that's out of Utah as well, that could potentially still see some impact, you know, a little bit of benefit for it. I think the biggest benefit is going to start picking up on that 2025 cycle where you can kind of incorporate that now in your sales pitch to those players on the West Coast. He's Brian Munson of Husker Online joining us on the Owl of Fiber VIP line. And we mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, a little bit of a dry spell after basically a record month in, in June. Uh, <laughs> right. miss, missing out on, on Nate Frazier and Gatlin Bear. I don't know how close Nebraska was on those guys, but I know that people were, were in tune to those. What are some of the kind of the names that Nebraska recruiting fans should be looking at here uh, in the next couple of weeks is kind of the big name still on the board? Yeah, I mean, we've already hit on Baker, and Gatlin Bears is a loss. I mean, it's one of those players, again, I think that it's Nebraska had a little bit more of a track record to them, a little more attracted to, but I always felt like Boise State was the team to beat with him. Mm-hmm. I just never felt like he was really going to get all that far away from home despite uh, all the great programs that, of course, kind of threw their hat in the ring, you know, for him to, to, to basically consider. But there are some there are some other guys here that we we should be talking about. We should be thinking about one of those guys is Jay Sean Ross. Jay Sean Ross mm-hmm. is a 
edge linebacker, kind of a maybe even a defensive end. He's going to play. I talked to his coach yesterday. He's going to going to kind of move between that stand up outside linebacker to a guy that puts his hand in the dirt and plays defensive end for Liberty North. He is the current high school teammate of Nebraska commitment Keelan Smith. Uh, you know, six foot three and a half, six foot four, two hundred and thirty pound guy. Um, Nebraska needs an edge rusher. They they definitely need a guy that's going to be able to get some pressure off the edge. There's there's definitely a vacancy in the class for a guy like that. If that's if you're drawing up, you know, basically the class, I think that you would say that you're missing an edge guy, and I think you're missing an offensive tackle, which brings me to the other guy, Grant Bricks out of Logan, Iowa. And Grant Bricks actually told me uh, earlier this week that he could be within two weeks now, uh, basically making a commitment. Mm. And I think that that's down to Oklahoma, Nebraska, and Kansas State. Uh, I think the Huskers are in a really good spot for him. I think Nebraska's in a really good spot for Jay Sean Ross. I think Ross could extend out a little bit more. He's never taken – Ross has never taken an official visit to Nebraska. He's only taken an official visit to OU, in fact. And OU is out of it with him. So it's going to be very interesting to see how he kind of goes into the month of September, you know, because the first three, four weeks, first three, four games for these seniors, they're critical. They, they can really reopen things up when it comes to, you know, getting schools to kind of get in there and start showing some more interest. That's that's really kind of that mark. So I would watch very closely about where and when he decides to, to go ahead and visit. And if he decides to get back to Nebraska, he's already – Jay Sean Ross has already visited Nebraska three times. And there's a couple more guys uh, that it's going to be very interesting to see kind of like how Nebraska treats them kind of moving forward. You have Nuka Mafi and Sumisi Tonga. Uh, both guys are out of West High School in Salt Lake City, Utah. They they both play for Tania Fanoti uh, out there, former Nebraska uh, great offensive lineman. Um, both guys uh, did not really uh, announce an official offer for Nebraska over their social media, which obviously was something that caught my eye. Um, so I, I, I don't know necessarily if they are still guys that you, we could expect to see in September or not, but I think you're, you're talking about Baker. You're talking about Jay Sean Ross as two guys that should probably take official visits to Nebraska, you know, early in, either in September or October. And I think you got Grant Bricks that's potentially getting close to a, a decision here in the coming weeks. Oh, and also Caleb Benning. I don't want to gloss that one over, and I feel bad for doing that. Caleb Benning's another guy to watch. I think that realistically the first three or four weeks for him are critical. I really do. I, I, I think, you know, he has taken some late visits here in July to Nebraska and Kansas State. Um, I think that everybody's kind of just wanting to see where things are at. Obviously, he's been still kind of dealing with and dinged up with that collarbone. Um, had a surgery, I think, in February, but that goes back to his season last year and in, in, in the injury very early in the season, I think, in September. So Caleb Benning is still a guy to keep an eye on because that's a guy I think that could play on either side of the football, you know, at the next level, either as a defensive back or a wide receiver. And of course, he was—he's part of the big in-state class uh, this year. Nebraska's doing a great job on what is the what is the next class, twenty twenty-five, the in-state class look like for Nebraska, and where are they uh, kind of with some of those prospects? Great question because I think Nebraska could be really getting close to throwing down another in-state offer. So you had that that barbecue at the end of the season, the last the end of the summer, that last Sunday in the month of July, and you know you had Caden Vermas and you had Tyson Terry there there that the, the sold two 2025 commitments in the class you know uh, that were there. Then you had Christian Jones and Christian Jones has had an offer from Nebraska for a while now, four-star linebacker. Huskers see him. 
you know, working at that second level, either inside or outside, kind of a guy that can maybe move between. It's going to be interesting to see kind of where his body goes. But there's only three offers out for 2025 players. And there, what was really interesting about that last, uh, last event, the barbecue in, in Lincoln, there was one 2025 in-state player that was there in Lincoln that had not been offered by Nebraska yet, just one. And it definitely was something that, that caught my eye, and it, it, should, it should definitely be a name that I think that everybody should, should start looking for a little bit. His name's Calvin Jansen. He is an offensive lineman from Gretna. Uh, basically, he was the tackle opposite Mason Goldman last year, so he was playing on the right side. He's a six-foot-four-ish, 280-pound guy. He's up about 20 pounds from his sophomore year. Uh, and he'll be sliding back to left tackle uh, this year, uh, but Nebraska sees him potentially playing inside. Uh, had a chance to meet him and his dad this last February when we were doing our in-state tour. Dad's a big guy, former collegiate athlete himself, was a pitcher at Northwest Missouri State. Um, and, you know, it, it's probably at least a little bit of a positive looking at his dad and looking at Calvin and saying he could still continue to, to grow a little bit. So, uh, very interesting guy, a very aggressive guy. Loves his film. Just did an article on him last night and kind of teased it that maybe he could be your next offer. I would pay very close attention to him. Always great stuff uh, and, and very informative. Uh, new names to look out for. Thank you once again, Brian Munson of Husker Online. And we've only got a, a few more weeks uh, till football season, so we're almost there. Bring it on and bring on the cooler temperatures, guys. We'll yeah, <laughs> absolutely. We'll see you. There he goes, Brian Munson of Husker Online, once again joining us on the Aloe Fiber VIP line. Thanks once again to Brian. All right, let's take a quick break here on uh, the Ticket Water Cooler, and uh, we'll wrap things up. We'll invite Nick back in the studio for the crossover. Yeah, he was mad last time. Hour. He was a little upset we didn't do that last time, so we better <laughs> we better make it up to him. I we'll guess. do that next for the Ticket Water Cooler on 93.7 The Ticket.